No matter where you're at in your life, you can demand better for yourself. Give yourself the permission. Give yourself the okay to live the life you've always wanted to live. Here at Swans Over Here Podcast, we'll be talking about health, wealth, and everything in between. We're real people who aren't afraid to talk about the tough subjects. So when life knocks you down, you have the tools to fight back and come back stronger. This life is what you make it. SOH. Welcome back, everybody, to week number two at Swan Over Here Podcast. We are so excited to be back. We love doing this. Um, it's been a great week, very productive week. Um, how's it going over there in Texas, Shannon? Oh, uh, it's going good. I've got a race this weekend, so it's been super chill training and uh, just, yeah, working and getting excited. How about you? I love it. <laughs> Love it. Same. I mean, not same because I don't race. However, <laughs> it's been a great week and I'm excited about today. So if you want to kind of get into it a little bit. Uh, I'm really excited about today. We're going to talk uh, about how having a supportive environment really plays a key factor in your success in life, but essentially in being an athlete, in your work performance, in school and everything, but how important it is to really have that that supportive environment and 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 how it translates into into life. Yeah, I love it. And you know, more specifically, we'll be diving into that coach athlete relationship, right? And you know, basically how that affects the performance outcomes. And we have our first guest on the show. I'm so excited. Uh, it's our first male on the show. Males can be swans too. Um, it's great. So, um, you know, without further ado, we have Pat Powers on the show. Ooh, ooh. Uh, so Pat, he's a women's college soccer coach at Folsom College and also a youth soccer coach at Sac United. He's been coaching for 20 plus years. He's been in the game a long time. Incredible. Uh, also D1 scholar athlete. Uh, he did also play professionally in indoor soccer league. So awesome. Um, you know, all those accolades. He's a great person. Uh, he does pride himself um, with building those connections with his players. And, um, you know, I think it's a very important topic uh, to touch on. And I think we can all relate, right? Shannon and I, we both, you know, grew up playing basketball. And Pat, obviously, he's been playing sports his entire life. And now he's on the coaching side. Um, and, and I think it needs to be discussed because I, I feel like um, I wish we had this back when we were playing. Uh, I could have totally loved this. Um, so I'm excited. Pat, welcome. You're our first guest. Um, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm uh, excited to be here. Um, yeah, I've been playing soccer a long time. I've been coaching for almost 20 years now. And, um, you know, one of my strengths, I believe, is how I communicate with players, with parents, with my uh, colleagues as well. And um, so I've gotten a, a degree in communications at Sac State, and I've always uh, wanted to explore how to combine um, my communication skills with my coaching ability. So part of what spurred my interest in coming on your guys' show today was a research paper that I've been doing um, specifically on interpersonal communication in the athlete-coach uh, dyad, which is just fancy word for relationship. Yeah. Um, and so I was able to get a lot of research done, and I wanted to try to build this into a bigger thesis as and, and understand, like, how I can use this to make me a better coach. I've always been a firm believer, believer in building relationships with my players, building a strong team culture, 
um, and just understand how I can paint a better picture to my players if they can understand like what I want from them, um, whether it's on the field or as a yeah. student athlete. Um, they're going to uh, succeed a lot better. I think so many times it's just like communication barriers. Yeah. How can I get my information and get it to you and yep. be on the same page? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, being a player yourself um, in the past, can you, you know, relate to what you're doing now? Do, did you experience coaches that you trusted, right? And you built, you had that foundation um, built upon. And then can you kind of look at your performance, you know, during that year, two years, whatever, you know, how long you played for that specific coach? Yeah, I think um, there was uh, one coach that I felt like I connected with pretty well. Um, and I don't, I don't think he necessarily went out of his way to try to build relationships, but I felt like I had a good connection with him and I was playing up in the age group and I really felt like I was supported in everything I was yeah. doing um, as an athlete. Um, but honestly, there really were few coaches I had that I really felt that strong connection to. So yep. a lot of my um, growth as an athlete just came from individual drive, like yeah. highly competitive want to win like everything I do so that was a good place to start yeah um uh, but and I always craved to try to be the best I could be so um even though I didn't always have that I was still like pretty driven as an athlete but I do recognize that when I did have it uh, I could just create a really nurturing environment for me yeah you notice a difference between because you you coach younger girls and you also coach at the, at the collegiate level do you notice a difference in your coaching style with the different age and maturity levels that you have to kind of foster yeah 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 yeah, yeah, that's a good question. And um, I'm, I'm curious kind of some of your guys' perceptions on this topic as well, um, obviously being female athletes. But for me, one of the things that I've always felt was important is how I connect to the athletes, how it can be relatable to them. So um, the biggest thing that changes is like, what is their age and how do I connect to what these players are going through in this time frame of their life? Um, and so I, I primarily work with players that are, um, around like eighth grade, um, and, and I primarily work with female athletes for the most part, uh, but eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, all the way up uh, through college. And so you can see like a difference in how they're maturing and how they're going through different things in their life. And I always try to relate it back to like, what was I doing when I was in eighth grade? Right, what was yeah. I doing? How, how did I feel as just an individual yeah. when I was a tenth grader? And what was I insecure about? Yeah. And you know, what were the struggles, right? Yeah. So I always try to have empathy to what they may be going through. And I always try to use soccer and our team as a place of support and understanding for each other. Um, and I think that's uh, hugely important for uh, especially female athletes. Yeah, no, I agree. And like, I don't think, I don't want to say any because that's very aggressive, but like, I don't think a, a majority of coaches think that way, right? Like, trying to mm -hmm. put themselves in their players' shoes, right? And even if they mm -hmm. can't relate in any way, at least trying, right? To even have that thought, that consideration to say, how is my player acting? Why are they acting like this? Or like, even like, what's going on at home? Do they have a healthy environment at home, right? And I, I don't think coaches mm -hmm. even dig into that. And like, I haven't experienced any coach like that who yeah, really tries to understand the player as an individual first right it's just mm -hmm. you know they got numbers and playbooks and you know different stuff going mm -hmm. on so i i think that's i mean that's the first time i've ever heard a coach say i thought back to my past right and that's how i'm trying to help them now and i think that's incredible 
Oh, thanks. Thanks. I mean, you know, it even goes as far as like understanding the kind of language you use, right? And being able to connect to like where the catch phrases and you got to listen, you got to pay attention. Yep. Like, what are they doing? We, you know, we just went through a pandemic, right? So, so half of our training sessions got moved to online. How do you coach right. soccer online? Yeah. Right? Yeah. How do you create team chemistry online? And so one of the things I did was uh, like I would give my team weekly challenges, whether they were like skill challenges. Um, and then I pulled in like, you got to make a TikTok with your mom and send it to us. Right. And this is <laughs> yeah. that That's awesome. <laughs> And they had a great time. So it was like two part for me. It's like, how do yeah. I connect the parents to the team and stay yep. connected? Yeah. How do I connect the parents and the players? And then how do I connect the players with each other? And so I got a whole bunch of girls and their moms like doing TikTok dances and sending it to each other in these groups. And everybody had like a really good time. And yeah. how crucial is that during the pandemic overall? I'm like, right. Yeah. Um, it's a stress reliever. And you know what? You you might have introduced like a, a parent having quality time with their kid. You know, I mean, because totally. sometimes it doesn't happen, right? Like I, I catch myself, you know, work mode, work mode. And I'm like, I have kids, you know, like you, you got to, <laughs> you know, you got to spend quality time. So that's great. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious to you guys, like, um, you know, you guys play athletics for a long time, high level basketball and Shannon, uh, you compete on some, you know, Spartan races and whatnot. So what's been your experience as, as kids with your coaches? Like, were there good times in terms of like, if we can relate it to just specifically communications or interpersonal communications, which is, you know, how we build relationships through our communication um, or like experiences where you felt like it was just lacking in it. It really didn't go well for you. For me, I know I grew up in a in a house where I wasn't really paid attention to much. And so there was not like a, an interest in, in my interests or what I was doing. And I was kind of left to my own devices in terms of like keeping myself entertained and all that. And I, I know that I feel like a lot of coaches had a hard time dealing with a kid like me because I, I came from such an unstructured environment and I didn't know much about basketball, but when I joined, I just needed to do something, something and my friends yeah. were playing. And so when I joined like my first couple of years of basketball, I had no idea. I didn't know the rules. I'd never watched a game. I, I didn't have, my parents didn't play. Like I, I didn't know anything. And so I, I think a lot of coaches didn't know how to handle a kid like me. Um, which I think made it made it hard in my development and my understanding of my basketball IQ and my my understanding of how to teamwork and all that. Like it, it, it took me just being relentless and not giving up on basketball. But a lot of kids don't have that if they didn't have that relentlessness and they didn't feel successful. A lot of them would would drop out in you know middle school or even early high school. Um, so I think it's I think it's really important to to foster every kid and not just the yeah. star athletes yeah uh, i was never i was never an all-star ever i was always just a kid who had a lot of drive and a lot of hustle and yep. i never felt like i got the time the attention and the love that i was craving and yep. not at home not within my coaches not with anything and so i think it's really important for coaches to 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 equally show the amount of love and attention and care yep. to to all their players not just their star athletes um and it, it just, again, it took a lot of relentlessness and a lot of my love for the sport to not give up on it. But mm -hmm. a, a lot of kids don't have that. Yeah. And eventually, you know, I kind of, it caught on and I developed my, my skill set and, and, and how to be a better athlete. Um, but it, 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 it kind of taints 
you and you, you then you're you're then left with this self-esteem issue going into high school and going into like I, I, I transferred high schools in the middle of my sophomore year to play for the better high school. So I went, I transferred from Rancho Bernardo to Mount Carmel because Mount Carmel was the CIF state winning championship team. And I just, I wanted to play with the best. So I left all my friends from elementary school and transferred to play with the best of the best of the best. Um, and I'm really thankful I did that. And it, it took a lot of bravery and looking back, I don't know how or why. Or yeah. I was going to say that's crazy <laughs> in itself. Like bye friends, I'm going to go play hoop at this one amazing school like that's kids don't do that I, I i'm sorry they don't do that uh, yeah i just i don't know i wish i had an ounce of the bravery i did but it really messes with your self-esteem when you're not fostered at a, at a young age and so that's why i think it's really important i i, I never believed in myself I just had a lot of heart and a lot of drive and I worked really hard and I knew I loved the sport, but I always lacked the confidence. And even now translating into what I do now in endurance sports for a long time, I still lacked the confidence in my ability yeah. to like believe in my skill set and trust yep. my, my drive and my, my work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a lot of that too is working through that psychology, but I, I think that it stems from your early years of getting into sports. Mm-hmm. The, the research I just finished doing, like one of the major influencing factors of how a coach communicates with their players in interpersonal communication um, is how it affects their self-image, how it affects yeah. players' confidence. Yes. So um, and I think that that is one of the keys. Um, I, I will flash forward a little bit. My research became a little bit, it, it, what it did is it showed holes and gaps into how we can connect in our personal relationship with performance. Yeah. Um, but what I it did find was that um, the players had a better perceived experience when they had better connections with their coaches, right? Their confidence grew, yep. their self-perception grew. Um, yeah. And I think that there's a, there's a link there between how a coach can help build a player's confidence and self-perception yep. to their performance and their willingness to, um, you know, be wrong or ask questions and be vulnerable. Um, and then that's where they can really grow. Like one of the things that I think that um, I do a really good job of as a coach or I strive to do a good job of is building confidence in my players because you're right. We're not all superstars, but we need all of our teammates to do a great job yeah. um, for us to be yep. our best. Yeah. Um, and to and, feel like they're a know, part of something. Right. Yep. 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 Your worst yep. player needs to feel game. just as valued as your best player. Yep. And, and you, it, you know, whoever your worst player is, you need them playing their best as well. Exactly. You want the team to maximize yeah. their performance. Yep. Yep. You know, so um, it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about that because it really does relate to um, the research I've done. You know, one of the, the leading researchers in the area that I've looked at named Sophia Jowett. And she kind of break, broke it down to the three C's are some of the most important um, pieces of uh, the experience of the player. And those are closeness, commitment, and conflict resolution, right? So uh-huh. how, how, how close are you with your coach? That I think that builds trust. Yep. Um, it, it provides like your ability to um, be open to learning and criticism. Um, commitment, like how, how much am I putting into you and how much are you giving back to me? Yep. Um, and then conflict. Like, um, how do we work through the conflict in these battles uh, that we're going through uh, so that we can get the performance that we want? Yeah. All right. So I'm curious, Jess, you played at a high level of basketball. Uh, what was your experience playing? 
Yeah, so I, I started first grade, uh, loved it, you know, and so I just kept playing. So from first grade to college and a little bit of semi-pro. Um, so I've had a handful of coaches and, you know, through that handful, I could honestly say that there was one coach that really um, impacted me in a positive way. Um, it was by coach from eighth grade to, oh gosh, um, he was my coach eighth grade year. And then he was my coach sophomore, junior, senior year, high school. Um, so there was a little gap because I, I played one year of, uh, of JV. Um, and then the next year we're on varsity with him. But man, like he, he like saved my life. I know me and Shan say like basketball saved our life, mm -hmm. but like the confidence that I grew within myself, the strength, the training, like there's just the physical training of it. Um, he you know, planted those seeds when I was very young and he cared about all of his players and he, and, and I'm not sure honestly, if he knew exactly what he was doing, right. With you know, like your research, but he cared about mm -hmm. all of his players. He made sure to like really build that relationship. And I trusted him and he, the whole team bought in. So I remember eighth grade year. These are my glory mm -hmm. days that I'm talking about. We went 13 and 0 and we won the championship. So we were, you know, it was like the whole school was like obsessed with the girls basketball team. And I absolutely loved it. Um, but it just, it, it goes to show like when you have a coach that cares about their players and builds that trust, builds that relationship and everyone can buy into the system. Look at the outcome. I mean, we were not the best team. I'm sorry. Like we were not the best team. We had a solid four or five girls that could really play ball, but there was a specific team out there that was better than us skill wise. Right. Um, but we beat them three times to win the championship. So it's like, when we bring this topic up, it's just crazy to me. Cause I'm like, wow, the difference. Right. Cause I've also had coaches that I did not get along with at all like i i couldn't they could not relate to me um communication was very bad um every time i would go in the office with like a for like a one-on-one -on -one, it was so awkward and like it shouldn't be awkward with your coach right if you're playing the sport you love and like all this it should it should be like oh i'm going in to talk to my family member you know what i mean and it wasn't like that um you know after i i left um after i've left high left high school um and it's just i'm i like it's just it's mind-blowing to think about because, like, my last two years at the, you know, the NCAA D2 that I graduated from, like, it was a very toxic environment from the coaching staff to the girls on the team. Like, I did not trust anybody, minus Shannon. Um, <laughs> and it was – I just remember feeling so stressed out and so on edge the entire time, whether it was practice – whether it was a meeting, because the the coach, uh, I I don't the coach was just not thinking there was, there was about too much their ego. players. There was too much yeah. ego. You needed to Wait, control. Yes, it was all about control, and like basically, he was coaching how he was coaching a long time ago. I see uh, stories come across all the time on that stuff, um, yeah. and you know, one of the things that I. Uh, learned in my research is a little bit about leadership styles and what kind of leadership styles are most preferred yeah. um, and i had i found this one paper that's pretty interesting it was about how uh what kind of leadership styles were preferred by female athletes which is mm -hmm. kind of the area i'm most interested in except yeah. which women's college women's soccer and youth women's soccer um and they 
one of the conclusions that was found was that authoritarian coaching styles and leadership roles uh, led to the most negatively perceived experiences yep. from players. Yep. And so you kind of, it sounds like that dinosaur mentality. Oh, like, yeah. oh, you know, I've been doing this forever and I'm going to bark at you and you do yes. what I say. Yeah. Um, and what I've seen happen in real life in my own personal experiences, mm-hmm. when you have those kind of coaches that just yell at you and say, you know, like, I'm God, listen to what I say right. and do it my way. Um, yep. you, players start throwing up walls and yep. they start losing yep. trust and confidence. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things like, don't do it that way. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Yep. It's like, okay, well, what's right? Let's start right. Then show me. Right. right. Yes. Show me. Like you're not showing what's, me. You're telling me this is bad, but what's right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, I'll check that off the list. Okay, I'm yeah. getting closer to what's good. I don't know. Right. Like, tell me what I'm doing right, and let's yes. build on what's going yep. well. Yep. Instead of just telling me, yeah, I right. know I shot that. I missed the basket. Obviously, was, I yep. shot it wrong, or I shot it yep. bad. I don't need to hear that from you. Right. No. And that's exactly the environment that it was. It was like, do it my way. And if you don't, you're going to sit the bench. And it even got to, I remember being in practice, feeling so stressed out to miss a shot. Cause I'm like, if I miss one shot, I'm on the bench, like straight up. And that's how I felt. And it's like, you shouldn't as a player, you should never be feeling like that because you can't go anywhere with your skill when you're in that toxic environment. Like I honestly, and I I hate to say it, but like my worst years were my last two years and I absolutely hate it. And like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I wish it was a different story back then, but it is what it is. But it's just like, man, if, you know, I could have been with a different coach or a different program or something like maybe that my, my personal performance could have been different. And so it was frustrating because I know my potential and I know how good I could play. And I definitely did not play to that level. And it, it's interesting now with this topic um, to see if that affected, right. If that affected me. Well, and I think one of the interesting things too, as athletes, at least for me, is like, I enjoy, I love playing the game. I love, I love playing yeah. soccer. I love competing in anything, right? But what you want is you want to play at the top of your game. You want to enjoy this experience. Yeah. Like a lot of youth players get caught up in um, like, where am I going to get a scholarship to? Right. Can I, yep. Can I do this? And coaching at the junior college level, I, I see a lot of players go the route of like, well, this D2 or this D1 and this scholarship. And, um, Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> hey, it's, like. it's all right. Um, but they get they get blinded by this like pursuit of this like next level yeah. excitement, and it's like yeah. I know that program, I know that coach, yep. and you're not going to enjoy that experience. Nope. No, so not at all. It's pretty interesting to hear you talk about like, hey, you had this D two scholarship playing at a good school, and then yeah. it was like, but it it wasn't a fun. No, it wasn't. And, you know, talking with um, a lot of other collegiate players, you know, have played in the past and they they have this like mindset, like when they got there, they're like, there's no it's not fun anymore. Like, that's literally what I hear from athletes. Like, it's not fun when you go to college. And I'm like, man, is it college or is it? the coaching program is it the environment is it the players right and it's like it's such a shame because I I mean still today I love the game right and I I grew Mm -hmm. up loving the game and I was not happy at all in my last two years playing like I did not want to go to practice I was barely excited Mm -hmm. for a game you know and it sucks like I I I miss loving the game and I miss doing all that and I just I feel like it didn't happen my last two years, and it's such it's just unfortunate. Pat, so, do a lot of your wait. girls have 
more success outside of, you know, once they've graduated high school and college because they've been fostered and nurtured by such a loving, supportive environment? Like, do they grow up to be a little bit more successful? Do you, have you looked into that at all? Yeah. Yeah. So I can speak to this and kind of the, um, the post this environment, um, growth for some of these players, especially to the college degree, because, you know, it's unique coaching at a junior college because we're fighting against like, um, you know, the glamour of four years and scholarships yeah. and yep. divisions. But we have, uh, we've been ranked at Fulton Lake College as a top 10 program in the nation for the past six years. Um, we're putting on about 75% of our players are signing D2, D1 scholarship nice. um, transfer opportunities. And almost all of them come to our program and they're talking about, man, I've never been taught like this before. I've yeah. never been in this kind of environment. Yeah. And by the time that they leave, they don't want to leave. They're like, yep. I wish this was a four-year. I want to <laughs> Can stay I just here. stay here? This is, <laughs> yeah. This is the best experience I've ever had as, yeah. as a soccer player, um, which is great and it's gratifying. But where you look at measuring success, right, um, and how, you know, to answer your question, um, our players end up transferring on and becoming captains of their uh, teams, end up playing like the whole time um and you know but is that because of our environment well the only way i can determine that is do they graduate do they enjoy themselves do they uh, are they successful when they move on and then how do we compare that to other programs right yeah and so in comparison there are some other programs in the area that are able to transfer players on and it it looks great on like a social media post and if you follow those players yep how many minutes they got the next year yeah. Or if they even stuck around after one year. It's like, oh, yep. look at this player. She went to this amazing school. It's like, cool. Look at um, her game logs. And it looks like she yeah. played one game and then she's not on the roster anymore. So, yep. um, you know, I think we're preparing our players to step to the next level. And then they're, we're now getting to the point where they're graduating. They're starting careers. They're starting families. Getting yeah. married, having kids. And they always come back. We have, like, a great alumni following. And they come back and they talk about what a great experience it was to play for Folsom. And then I'm seeing the same thing in my youth career as well, where I have players. There's a player right now that I coach, you know, I trained her when she was 10. And then she played for me at one club. And then she moved clubs to just be in the same club I was at. Her mom was like a photographer at my wedding. And now she's at Cal Berkeley. And she just dropped off a present at my door uh, at Christmas. And That's I had awesome. her in a few, few years. And she took a nice note that said how much, like, playing for me mattered to her and how much success she's having she attributes it to that so yeah um, it's pretty cool it's like you know they say they're a counselor first and then a coach second like it yeah was, it was absolutely job, right yeah um and it's and it's pretty interesting to kind of talk uh hear about um you you guys talk about like toxic environments mm-hmm. um because i i've i've had a, a couple really solid teams uh recently last few years ago I had a couple of girls teams that were very strong they went far in like state cups which is our state championship tournament um had a lot of success on the field and played some amazing soccer um and I was able to build up this team culture to really maximize the player performance and the group performance um and so what was important to me was create like a really healthy environment for these girls to play in where they uh trusted and played for each other first yeah and then played for me second um, and they trusted everything I was given. They trusted being able to get um, criticism and feedback yep. um, because they knew they were also being supported. And what mm-hmm. I felt like was I was able to maximize these uh, players. Like 
like you said, whether you're the superstar that's yeah. pushing you and maximizing your performance, or whether you're at the bottom of the roster, you're maximizing your performance. And it's crucial for all those players to play at the top of their game for us to play the best we could. Yep. And so I felt really proud of uh, both the groups I'm referring to, actually you know, a couple of them up here on the wall. And, um, and one of the disappointing things is that, at least in youth, like you only coach your team for a couple of years. So to watch these teams um, go on, you're like, okay, here, please take care of these teams. Right. Job. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, it just hasn't gone that way. And I've watched um, my teams that are just playing at the top of their game, playing amazing, having a great team culture. Like yep. they were sisters, they played for each other. And now like, I hear stories of, you know, players just not enjoying the experience, not yeah. understanding yep. like how we're supposed to play together team cultures falling apart yep. and it's just it's sad it's it's hard like i guess that's just part of being a coach is that you know you can't coach everybody forever so right guess, yeah uh, enjoying the impact you have while you have it i think is uh important and i get a lot of good stories and feedback from my parents so i'm appreciative of that my worst days um are still pretty good so it's not yeah. about being no, and, and I think it extends, you know, far beyond, right, just being an athlete, you know, with you, because it, it, it extends into, um, you know, parenthood, if players, you know, decide to have children, or even being a wife, or, you know, anything, it just, it, being in the workforce, right, once you graduate, it just, it that confidence, the teamwork, um, the trust, right, it just, it translates over, yeah. And so I think it's so important, even if you can't really control like your the next level of the that your players are going to, at least that you planted that seed so they can, you know, maybe rub off on their coach, you know, or like a, maybe another player or something, but take the what they learned from you and try to just share it. Um, I think that's that's something special. And I think that coaches honestly all the coaches need to be at, at that level, um, to be honest. Uh, I wanted to ask a question because I know, um, like, me and Shannon have shared similar uh, toxic environments with coaches. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, just, you know, the athletic world is very small. So, you you know, you're, you're friends with other athletes. And it's kind of – it's a, a reoccurring theme of just being a part of programs that are not fun and toxic. Mm -hmm. Um how can we try to, um, you know, better the environment for players? Do we, is there programs that can be made that coaches can take? Because I know a lot of coaches, the ego thing, right? Like, I don't need that. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, how can right. we try to just, with that next level or with anything, just make a better environment? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it has to start from the willingness wantingness to yeah. get better as a coach you know yeah. and yep. for me this whole journey in exploring this topic was uh spurred by just wanting to be a better coach like and that was me as a player like i always wanted to be better i always wanted yeah. to win i always wanted to just grow as a individual yeah. and i think those are life lessons as well so i think it right. starts from just the willingness to want to grow as a coach and then yeah. for me the next piece is like trying to understand okay what areas can i improve in like everybody goes first to the X's and O's. Like, how can I understand tactics right. better? Right. Like, like, for me, it's like, how can I connect my information to my players? Yep. How can they understand what I'm looking for? Yeah. Um, and, in, and on top of that, how can I understand what their strengths are and what they're trying to accomplish? And how can I be um, flexible and empathetic 
to um, molding like my vision to fit what their game is. Yeah. And so, like I've thought about this, I um, I am interested in developing some kind of uh, teaching course for yeah. coaches that revolves around communication because, yep. yes. again, yep. I think this is the key. This is yeah. the key of an area you guys talk about um, team cultures and communication mm-hmm. with your coaches not being great. Yeah. I'm sure that didn't maximize your performance as Right. Uh, yep. yep. A thousand percent. Sadly, yes. <laughs> Have you, have you guys, uh, you know, Jess, you talked about your high school coach having a big impact. What about you, Shannon? Have you had a coach that like communication was really good in it and it helped you kind of like pick up your performance, maybe in endurance wrestling? Um, not necessarily communication, but when I was younger, I had a club coach who would, mm-hmm. my mom was pretty absent in, in my childhood growing up. So he would pick me up for all of our travel teams and he would, he, he really invested in me. Um, and I yeah. think the only reason I continued to play in high school yeah. and pursue on because he, he saw something in me. He saw the drive, he saw the heart, he saw mm-hmm. how much I loved the sport. Um, and he's the only one who truly, who, who took that time and invested in me. Um, and because of that, I, I was able to, I played in high school, I played in college, I played semi-pro. I am now, you know, I competed a, at a professional level in endurance sports. So I think he is the reason I have had such a successful athletic career. But if he hadn't taken that time, I, I always felt like I was just, almost a nuisance to everyone. People didn't want to take the time to help me understand the game, help me understand. I was always like maybe one or two years behind all the other, all the other girls mm-hmm. when I was growing up, um, just because yeah. I, I didn't have that environment. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I grew up in a very unhealthy environment. So he, because he took the time in into investing in me, it, it really helped me grow as a person. Um, and I'll forever be grateful for coach yep. Joel. So thank you. <laughs> because yeah. I would be here. Thanks coach Joel. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> it goes back to the three C's, right? Yeah. Closeness, yeah. commitment. Yeah. Um, and maybe not so much conflict resolution, but I'm sure there's moments where that was the case. And, you know, to kind of go, how do we improve as coaches? If we can, uh, or if coaches can start understanding the connection between how we communicate, how we develop nurturing um, environments for our players yeah. and what our yep. players need, and they yeah. can connect that to how it's going to help their team perform, then I think a lot more coaches get on board. But so yeah. many, um, you know, most of us don't go into coaching with this, um, like, blip on a radar understanding that we need to understand about communicating really clearly um to be an effective coach we go in with this like wealth of knowledge about a sport yep and then our experience of what another coach did for us is all we have to draw on in terms of our experience as a coach yeah and so if you didn't have a good coach (laughs) and then that's what you know you become a coach yep It's so true. So true. I mean, just like being a parent. Uh, I mean, if you grow up in an unhealthy environment, you you tend to not foster. Yeah. And it's generation kind of after generation. And that's kind of what the coaching Mm -hmm. world is like, right? Mm -hmm. uh, This hurts my soul. I think think for me, it goes back to like being competitive by nature. So I'm always looking at like, where can I 
do better than the guy next to me or the girl next to me and yeah. help coach them and right. a better team. Do you think you're the anomaly though? Do you think most people and coaches and because and, because all three of us are very similar in that aspect? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either all three of us have not experienced the majority of that in our yeah. athletic and coaching yep. and, and all that. Do you do you think you're an anomaly? But I mean, what do how well, do we? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, but I think there's different levels of coaching, right? So it's like, what are you trying to achieve? Are you just trying to coach your players, you know, Sunday team because they like playing a sport and you want to have a nurturing environment for them and you're wanting to learn how to create that environment? Or do you want to coach at a high level? Do you want to coach college, right? And again, how did you come along this path? So for all of us, we became elite athletes. and, And would you say we were anomalies or would you say, uh, there was such a, a big pool of fish that then it kind of shrunk down to us being like some of the top athletes. Well, if you just kind of go by numbers, I think that, you know, now we have this small group that's probably cut even smaller to become coaches. And if you kind of apply the same idea of like, there's only going to be so many that make it to the top. Yeah. then maybe that's more the case. Right. And, and when I was, when you say an anomaly, I, I don't want to claim that I'm like, uh, all around like I'm a better coach than other coaches <laughs> I'm the where, best where, out there <laughs> <laughs> like I just feel like I've found this area that yeah. is underexplored and underdeveloped mm-hmm. that really has an impact and I, yeah. I love to share it you know I mean I, I could talk for hours about tactics and technical development um, and that's those are just like pieces of the pie is the way I look at it and why this intrigues me so much like a lot of coaches have great tactical awareness, technical ability to train players. Um, But here's an area, like personally, I feel like it's just being um, underdeveloped and underutilized. And so for me, I'm like, boom, I get really good at this. My team's going to beat your team. And my players are going to enjoy the experience they have with me more than they do in a different environment. And this is what's going to bring us to the top of our game. Um, So that's kind of what drives me. I don't know if that makes an anomaly. Maybe it's just um, finding like uh, a, a loophole or something that others aren't seeing as clearly. Um, yeah. But I'm all about sharing that, you know, like that's the thing about the uh, coaching realm is like, um, you know, you want to share your stuff because if if I can help other coaches kind of unlock something new and what they do yes. and a new tool for them to use, it's only going to make our youth players yep. have a better experience. Right. You know, yeah. and that was the last piece of like the research was just like, you know, how, how many, professionals are there right whatever given sport you know it's a small amount so what's what's youth sports about even collegiate sports it's about like developing a better community developing better well-rounded people that grow into adults Mm -hmm. that can work together and live together a more healthy environment in that realm so like i'm absolutely willing to share i i hope you know if if anybody wants to listen um i would love to (laughs) everyone needs to listen sure (laughs) well thank you no, I love it because it, it 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 can extend further than sports. You know, I, I can, we keep talking about it, but just having that healthy environment in any, literally any aspect of life, whether you're, you know, in corporate America, whether you're a parent, right? It's just fostering that positive environment because it's like we're, as humans, we're not meant to constantly be in survival mode. That's not what we're for, right? We always right. need work hard, rest. We need that rest, right? And so it's like, how do we as coaches, how do we as entrepreneurs, how do we as bosses, how do we as parents 
create an environment, a healthy environment and foster and nurture and just, you know, try to create, you know, any type of positivity we can. And so I, this is the community. Yeah. Yep. Community plays plays such a huge role in, to who you are as a person. And I think that there is a level, a skill set that happens when you, when you do play sports at, at any level, let's say you start in fourth grade, yeah. you know? yep. there's, it, it, it builds, it instills something in you that can't be taught anywhere else. And then you yep. take that and you transfer those skills into, into everything. Um, so even if you don't want to be an Olympic athlete, I, I think it's very important to get your kids into sports at a young age, just, just so they can develop the skills, so they can work with other kids, so they can work with authority figures. I, I think it's really, really important. Um, and that's what I was going to ask you, Pat, is, is how, how do you think that playing youth sports translates into, into adulthood? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I could ask you guys the same, and you could probably speak on it as well, but um, you know, it, you understand teamwork, you understand time management, you understand what it means to work hard to achieve something or work hard and fail at something and then yeah. rebound from that and get back up and keep trying and going back to work with the players around you or the coaches that you're working yeah. at to get better. And you translate that to life. Like we all work, you know, in environments that maybe has a manager or a boss or we work in a group of other people um, and even if you're your like, own business owner, you still have to figure out how to yep. coordinate with other pieces that fit into your business yep. so you can promote yourself or be successful. Um, and then I think just in general, you know, you kind of go back to the neighborhood, like you mentioned, like, how do you work together to create like a nurturing neighborhood yeah. you know, with your your the people that live next to you. Right. Yep. And then you send your kids to school with their kids and how you have a good community. You know, like uh, everything's been so divided in the political realm lately. Yes. And I always yeah. go back to like, wait, I don't live in this whole world. I live in this Right, community. right here. Yep. So how true. can I have an impact? Yeah. And, and even if you think differently than me or you have this belief and I have this belief, who cares? Like, how can right. we have a, a great neighborhood for my daughter yes. and, and yeah. her son and um, how can we make sure that they grow up in a healthy place? That's so important um, in today's world, Pat. So important. Thank you for yeah. touching on that. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I mean, our, our first podcast, we, you know, touch on kind of, you know, it sounds a little cheesy, but like being the light, you know, and, and it's so true. We're, we're connected as human beings, especially in being in our own neighborhoods and our own communities. Right. So it's like, if I'm a good person and I'm trying to put good out in the world, you're going to rub someone, right. You're touching shoulders every with people you go to the store with, with, you know, everywhere mm-hmm. you go in your own neighborhood. So it's like, it's so important to kind of just put the good out, right? Be the light. And, you know, how can I control my own circle of influence, right? So my own neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so I, I love that you touched on that too. That, that was great. Yeah. Well, and I always say too, I tell my players this all the time, and I think it just generally applies to life, but energy is momentum. Yes. And if you can create good energy and you start getting momentum, you can really get somewhere with it. And, yeah, so um, true. But it can go the other way too. Yes. And so yes. <laughs> like I try to teach like how to be energy givers instead of energy vampires. Yes. Right. Like, and then I think it's important to try to create the culture of energy givers and yep. positivity yep. Um, because, you know, like as athletes, if, 
you guys, we've all had to do fitness, right? And yeah. Fitness is as much a mental strength yeah. moment as it is physical, maybe yeah. more so. And when you have your team cheering you on, like, yeah, oh, man, you've got this, we can do this. Yep. Like you'll work harder. Right. Yeah. And then you'll enjoy it. And then you'll high five. And you're like, yeah, I loved running that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but then we've all been in the environment. <laughs> we are like, oh man, we got to run again. No support. Like, yes. Yeah. Yep. It's so yeah. Yep. But that's, so that's what's going to help us be successful is yeah. like doing the work that sucks. Yep. So that we are setting ourselves up for success in the future. And if we can have positivity and exciting energy and support each other yep. in this moment, we're only going to be more successful down the road. And that yep. is not just a sports lesson and a team culture yep. lesson. That is a lot of so good. So good. I feel like we could talk about this for hours. <laughs> I know. However, I know. we don't have hours. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Pat, thank you. This, I mean, when we kind of talked about this topic, um, you know, earlier this week, I was excited just being an athlete, right? But, you know, yeah, but just everything that, you know, Swans Over Here podcast is trying to do is just add value and we're excited this was a great 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 show so i Thanks thank for you for me. being our first guest our first male guest your swan yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> we're for sure gonna have to bring this back up soon because yeah, there's and way thank you more for to just talk about being such a positive influence in your community yes. and doing yes. better and, and helping these girls and it's just it, it it's really important and i think you should take a lot of pride in what you're doing so thank you yeah thanks. for sure thanks for having me uh i do take a lot of pride and i love what i do and hope i can share that with more people and um you know it's been a great conversation i appreciate you guys and um you know love to come back someday and, and continue this discussion or heck yeah as well so <laughs> yeah thank you guys. awesome awesome thank you pat thank you everybody this is episode two of swans <laughs> over here we're excited yeah. we're keeping the momentum going uh, thank you guys for listening.